The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, bramigos. What's going on? It's Above the Dave. Welcome to another episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. Today, I want to talk all about the Omen Brothers Band. The band that got me into all this shit. Following that, we have a return to the podcast from Phil Lesh and Donna Jean Gashow, and they want to tell us about why you should be an organ donor. And finally, back in the building, it's my BFF, John Mayer, is in the studio, and he's super excited, though he hasn't returned any of my texts. Because if you look down more, you're bound to ground score. It's another episode of The Lot might have been the very first episode of this podcast i think i don't go back and listen to the, all the things I've, I've said on here but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure i've stated that it was indeed the allman brothers that got me into all of this music it was the allman brothers before anybody and it's honestly it's something that i say and hold near to my heart with a lot of pride I truly believe the Allman Brothers band is one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. And I think that they're put up there with a lot of the other big names. And yet I still find them to be underrated for some reason. They were my real introduction to guitar rock. When I was maybe six, seven, eight, I got my first album, which was a record. Which makes me sound fucking old. But I, before my first tape, which was Criss Cross, and before my first CD, which was the Home Alone soundtrack, uh, my first actual album was a birthday gift where I received a record. And it was Richie Valens. Because I, as a little kid, really liked La Bamba. And I think that was foreshadowing for my eventual real loves of... Almond Brothers and Fish and Grateful Dead. And it was all right there. Even at a very young age, I heard La Bamba. I heard the ding, 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 ding. And just, I love the guitar licks. Fast forward, I think it was a, a 14 or 15, maybe 14 actually. And I was going into freshman year of high school when I went on a trip with my brother. And it was called Mountain Workshop. And it was a bunch of heady, hippie, I think high school kids or college kids that were our counselors. My parents were going through a divorce. And so we were, I, I think, I haven't talked to my parents about this, but I'm pretty sure it was probably a relief to have me and my brother, especially at our ages, which was like 14 and 12, which has to, had to be a nightmare, uh, you know, send us to this trip for two weeks, which was the only time ever in our childhood. I think we did something quite like that. It was a very memorable trip for a lot of reasons for me and my brother. None more so than, than the drive home in the van when the camp counselors heard over the radio that Jerry Garcia died. I don't know if it, the Jerry died that day or when we were on the trip. Again, I'm not sure exactly what the dates were, but I'm pretty sure that they just found out. And so they were emotional. And I remember that. And I remember uh, hearing the song Jessica. And like I think I've stated here and and that was it that it was hearing the song Jessica ultimately brought me in that was in the summer and that Christmas I asked for an Allman Brothers record I I mean a CD and I received a CD it was live set two there was live set one and there's live set two both are phenomenal live albums that came out from that 
that 90s Allman Brothers band, which was, you know, this revival of, of the Allman Brothers. And Back Where It All Began was an album that came out in the early 90s uh, that was a studio album with some really great new music. And so live set one and two was a mix of the brand, brand new shit and the classics with just an incredible acoustic Melissa. It had uh, an amazing version of Jessica on there. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to get the Allman Brothers because I wanted to hear the song Jessica probably again and just to investigate more, see if I like more of it. And holy shit, I listened to that live set too so many times over and over. I, I memorized it. I memorized every guitar lick. I, I like looking back and thinking about that because it was another foreshadowing because I ended up over, I think over 30 years later is when I met my eventual fiance uh, and her name is Jessica. And so that's, that's always kind of made me laugh. It feels like it makes so much sense. She's not into the Allman Brothers. She may be aware of the song Jessica. We haven't talked about it too much. I don't force the song on her. Like, babe, let's just play it one more time together. I don't actually play a ton of Allman Brothers these days. And I don't know why. There's not new Allman Brothers. I guess there's so much other stuff that I'm constantly being inundated with. The jam band thing is thriving so much right now. And I'm... Have a, I have a fucking podcast about it, so I'm, I'm pretty in it. But on top of that, I love a ton of electronic music. Uh, I'm listening to a lot of things. And Allman Brothers, I've heard so much. My love affair started then, and then it really just continued for the next few years. And it was very strong. I bought, as I might have stated, 21 albums. Of the 27 albums you can buy, I bought them in one year. I bought a few vinyls as well. And this is a, you know, I'm a kid, so I'm just throwing any money I'm earning at more Almond Brothers. And I'm buying all these albums and I'm listening to them one after another. And really the, the six or so that I didn't buy, a, lot, a couple of them were like best of compilation type things. Or like, I bought all the studios, all the live stuff. They have some great studio works. I love Brothers and Sisters, Eat a Peach, of course. But really, for me, my biggest love of the Almond Brothers like for many people, is Live at the Fillmore East. This is with Dwayne Allman, and for me, I, I'm going to say it, I think it's the greatest live rock album of all time. I think it's definitely the best live jam band album of all time. I think it's a, yeah, the best live rock album of all time. It is, it is so fucking powerful, and there's so many great songs on that, but the In Memory of Elizabeth Reed is the one that really just I had on repeat over and over and over. I found that composition to just be so infectious. <laughs> it's like I kept diving deeper for a year or two into the Allman Brothers as a, as a kid. And every time I bought another album, there was just more things to love. And I bought that Dreams box set. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. There was a, it was like a four disc thing. It's hopefully it's on Spotify or something. Oh man, it's so awesome. If you're an Allman Brothers fan or you want to like get like a nice scope from the beginning to end, it even has different incarnations of the band before they became the Allman Brothers and side projects. You know, I heard, I think I read this somewhere. So I like that I'm just going to spit this out. Like, I'm not going to say that it's fact, but I did read it somewhere on the internet. So that kind of makes a fact, uh, right? I read that the Allman Brothers, the Greg and Dwayne didn't, go to the Vietnam War. They got out of it. And they got out of it because Greg supposedly shot himself in the foot to avoid going to the Vietnam War. And Dwayne was already exempt, actually, because he was the oldest in a fatherless home. So I guess that makes you exempt, which is cool. And then younger brother Greg was going to have to go to war, shot himself in the foot. I think the, they might have like got him boozed up and then you know, everybody was aware that he was going to be doing this. It was like a thing, like, get me out of this. And then that was it. That was the formation of the Allman Brothers, like shot himself in the foot, got out of the war. And then like, they were already playing music at that time. And then they just kind of teamed up and then things started taking off. They, they linked up with Dickie Betts, Dickie Betts and Dwayne Allman, probably the best duo in rock history of, of two guitar players. It really was Dickie's influence and his reinterpretation of the duo guitar and Southern rock that he mixed with Dwayne Allman's absolute mastery 
and the two of them did incredible stuff for a few years. Uh, Dwayne Allman is often considered one of the top five guitar players of all time. He, his name is thrown around with all of the big names, and rightfully so. It was a, a career cut way too short. Also, for being real, like most people, they, they most musicians produce like a ton when they're young, right? And then fade out or hang on to those things they did when they were younger. And so, who knows? I think Dwayne ultimately will be remembered. But what I find is interesting when I think about the Allman Brothers is how I feel that Dickie Betts is actually overlooked a lot of times. And his contributions to the Allman Brothers seems to always be in the shadow of the towering former presence of Dwayne Allman. Everybody loved Dwayne, I get it. Dickie Betts named his son after Dwayne Allman. Butch Trucks named his son after Dwayne, Dwayne Allman, right? I think uh, this guy had a profound impact on so many people with his, his guitar. and He was the lifeblood, possibly, of, of the whole thing. Maybe that's what it was. But for whatever reason, you know, Dickie Betts, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated guitar player of all time. I think Rolling Stone put him at like 58 in the top 100. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But when you really like look into the Allman Brothers, the, the songs, plus the fact that he, after Dwayne's death, was the solo guitar player for a while, holding down, holding the band down in their most prolific period, which was his period. Dwayne Allman, yes, could shred so wonderfully. And what a force. Just so you understand, after he died, it was actually Dickie Betts, all right, who wrote their number one hit single, Ramblin' Man. It was Dickie Betts who wrote In Memory of Elizabeth Reed. It was Dickie Betts who wrote Jessica. It's Dickie Betts who wrote Blue Sky. And there's more. Uh, he wrote more of them. But what? That's when I look back at my childhood and I think about listening to those... Dude, I listened to Jessica, you know, so many versions of Jessica, Memory Elizabeth Reed, Blue Sky, holy shit. Like, dude, that sound, that Almond Brothers sound, has much more to do with Dickie Betts, and it always did, than it ever had to do with Dwayne Allman. Dwayne Allman, great guitar player, great slide guitar player. Dickie Betts, better guitar player? I don't know, but fucking better songwriter. I mean, one of the best songwriters of rock history. Those songs are legendary songs, and there's more. He's written more. But he is the sound of the Allman Brothers. He not only held it down, but they actually thrived under Dickie Betts's songwriting skills and ability to play guitar. This guy, I don't know, maybe he had a chip on his shoulder. I don't think so. I think he just, I think he's he's been the force since the beginning and the influence since the beginning. You take away those songs, you take away a lot of the credibility of the Allman Brothers, frankly. Uh, you know, Greg Allman wrote Melissa. Great. But even like uh, Hot Lanta is co-written with Dickie Betts. That was kind of a full band effort. And then, the, then they do a bunch of blues covers and shit like that. But really, the, the core Allman Brothers songs that we have grown to love are Dickie Betts. And I think he was even a co-writer possibly on Mountain Jam. I mean, like, this guy's involved. He, he's, he's in everything. He's in everything... That is Allman Brothers. Just throwing this out there. I mentioned the Dreams box set. It's got that early stuff, which is so cool to listen to. Their early Allman Brothers stuff, before they were called the Allman Brothers, it was like the Allman Joys was one of the names. It was They had some really cool shit that they were doing in the 60s that you really want to check out, that first CD. If you go towards the last, I think it's the last CD, is when they, they do more solo stuff. And there is a gem of a Dickie Betts song from Great Southern. And it's a song called Bougainvillea, like the flower. If you're not familiar with this song, Bougainvillea, it is a gem. It's, it's, a, it's a song I never hear referenced. It's not like it's played on the radio. But if you love that Allman Brothers sound and you just wish there was like more, that, go hear this song. Uh, I think it's from the late 70s, I believe. And then thank me. And then play it on repeat. It's it's so good. It's got everything you'd you'd want in an Allman Brothers song. Anyway, that's my case for Dickie Betts being more highly regarded as the real reason, honestly, that we that the Allman Brothers are the Allman Brothers. Dwayne deserves a ton of credit for for his amazing guitar playing. Greg for his soulful voice. Every band member. All 25 bassists. They, it, it, all of this is 
is crucial and I've enjoyed and all of the different iterations of the band over the years from Dwayne to Derek Trucks. It's all been uh, a really cool, exciting ride, I'm sure, for people who got to experience it the whole way through. And even for me, like getting in in the tail end, it, it was great. And then something happened, which actually is, really took me out of being an Almond Brothers listener. And that's when the band fired Diggy Betts, which is crazy. It was crazy. I, I was like, I'm not going to see the Almond Brothers without Dickie Betts. How do you fire Dickie Betts? This is the guy that wrote all like most of the songs and he's out. Now, I I didn't know what was going on with the band. I know that a, a good amount of the the band has struggled with drugs. Greg Allman has struggled immensely with drugs and heroin, you know, with hard drugs. Like, you know, this guy was a heroin addict for possibly a long time and just a crazy rock star life. Like I I want that movie. But Dickie Betts probably know better. Drugs and drinking, I'm sure. Just a whole fucking life of it. And I know that there's probably a lot of fighting and disputes within the band because it's a band. That's what you do, I'm sure. But, you know, that it. I think in the 90s, they did kick him off some tours for his drinking and drugs. And then he was eventually fired in 2000. Allegedly, he was fired by fax. That's right. Yeah, he was fired. That's that's the rumor. And which is amazing. And so he was fired and then he sued them. And that was it. I mean, once he sued them, they were like, well, we're never going to fix this wrong. And that was it. Uh, I mean, Derek Trucks came in soon after that. And then there was like the next bump of the Alma Brothers, not on a songwriting tip. I don't know if the band or Derek felt like that was appropriate or maybe it just wasn't that kind of relationship. But in terms of like holding down the songs they already had up until that point. I mean, Derek did such a great job with that band in in the later years. Once I heard that Diggy Betts was out, I I was out. Not to be that guy, you know? Because I look back and I go, man, I wish I saw Derek Trucks with the Allman Brothers. Of course. What was I thinking? I just kind of got, I don't know. I just It just always rubbed me the wrong way that that happened. And I think the most unfair part of that happening was that when the Allman Brothers finally like did their final tour and their final shows and they hung it up, there was no Dickie Betts. And so I don't think people were like talking about Dickie Betts. Plus Derek Trucks was killing it. And he was like this prodigy who sounded like Dwayne Allman and was like crushing it and breathed all this new life into this band. And so that, uh, you know, kind of like, I think covered up the huge hole that that Dickie Betts left. I mean, they got real lucky with that one, but also, man, the, what a family! And we'll get to that in a second. But I just want to say that's I think that's the worst part of that breakup. What happened in two thousand was that you know years later when they finally said this is it, this is our last shows, and you know Dickie wasn't a part of it, and therefore I you know I feared that he's you know he wasn't given the credit frankly, that he deserved. I'm sure he was a drug addict. I'm sure he's an alcoholic. Guess what? You know, most of that band was. But, you know, he does, he does, he didn't get to have the bow, you know, and he didn't get to do it his way. And that sucks. That sucks that it got that bad. I wonder how bad it got. I don't, I don't know. To get kicked out of the Allman Brothers by Greg Allman, <laughs> I mean, you probably got to have a pretty bad thing going because it's fucking Greg Allman firing you. So... <laughs> What does that say about you? I don't know. But dude, 79, he's still, he's, he's out there. He's not out there. He's not performing. Um, his son, Dwayne Betts, is performing quite a bit lately. I've seen his name more and more in the last few years. Of course, he teamed up with Greg Allman's son, which is great. And Greg Allman, before his death, did reconcile with Dickie Betts. And the two of them, I don't know if they had a conversation, if they hung out, but they, they squashed it and before I think it was like right before Greg went I'm sure that was important for both of them I don't know if Dickie's in the best of health right now because he's not playing guitar he has suffered a stroke and so I think he might not return to the stage and yet here we are right Greg Allman's gone and Dwayne Allman's gone and I think Dickie Betts may not be playing anymore he's you know and they were talking founding members so Jamoy the drummer and Butch Trucks drummer um I mean, you know, these guys may be popping up here and there, 
both wonderful drummers. And yes, the Owen Brothers had a bunch of other, you know, big names. Uh, Jimmy Herring filled in for a little bit after Dickie Betts. Warren Haynes, on and off, and actually teamed up with some of the guys, I think, from Owen Brothers to form Government Mule. Dan Toller, Barry Oakley, I think he was the original bass player, and O'Teal Burbridge, right? So you have so many of these juggernauts that have been a part of this music and have contributed in different ways over all these decades. It's so cool. It really is such a cool story. And the coolest thing about the Allman Brothers is that right now, there are so many Allman Brothers offspring that are playing music professionally and semi-professionally. And they're out there though. And I'm, they, I keep hearing new ones. I don't know what it is about the blood of uh, these people, but you have, first and foremost, Derek Trucks, right? Related to Butch Trucks. I think Butch Trucks is his uncle. So, prodigy. I mean, have you ever seen videos of Derek Trucks when he was like five years old? Fucking insane. Like, prodigy level guitar player. He's a wizard and uh, has been an absolute joy to watch blossom. You know, his very first album when he was with the Derek Trucks band, I think they had a couple albums. Uh, Man, that first album, I, I bought that immediately and played it a ton. And I was like, damn, this guy is fucking, he was jazz. It was real jazzy in the beginning. I think he did a cover of So What or something like Miles Davis. It was on the first album. It was just, dude was like jazzy and Southern. And it was like, and so obviously teamed up with Susan, who I believe was opening for the Allman Brothers. And that's how they met each other and fell in love, which is cool. So that's, that's cool too. That's another little side story. It's like Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's happening with the Allman Brothers because there's like kings and queens and uh, <laughs> princes and princesses and so Greg Allman his son Devin and Dwayne Betts teamed up for the Allman Betts band which just warms my fucking heart that's that was so cool to just even see that like holy shit two guys from the Allman Brothers like their sons are now playing together I think a lot of people were like, oh, shit, that's uh, that's that's a pretty unique and special thing to happen in in rock music. And then, yeah, so you have that happening. They go, wait, we got Derek Trucks. And then I come to find out Barry Oakley has a son who plays bass and his name is Barry Oakley Jr. And he's out there playing bass, uh, I believe, professionally. And that's what he does. And then I come to find out that there's more Trucks kids. There's Melody Trucks, who sings and plays guitar, I believe. And then there's Valor, V-A-Y-L-O-R. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Valor um, <laughs> uh, Trucks. And he's a pretty good guitar player as well. So that's got me thinking, like, holy shit, wait a second. All we need are some keys here, people. We just need someone, maybe a little extra help on the vocals. We need, like, a, I don't know, we got, uh, or I don't know, maybe the Almond kid's pretty good. But I say he's a kid. He's, like, probably older than me. <laughs> but I'm sure he is. But uh, so, so think about it. You put Derek Trucks with Dwayne Betts. And then you got Dwayne Trucks, the drummer. So Butch has, I think that's Butch's son. So you got Dwayne Trucks on on drums, Barry Oakley Jr. on bass, Dwayne and Dickie Betts on guitar. Throw in a third guy, just throw Valor on there, Valor Trucks. Yes, then you got Devin Allman, and I think he's guitar too. I mean, maybe someone will just jump on the keys. I haven't heard his vocals. Let's If he's anything like his pops. You know, we could have him singing, have Melody singing. That's actually kind of cool interpretation. And then fucking hey, dude, you got like the Almond Brothers, the Offspring, the Almond Offspring band or something. I don't know. I think I really want to see that happen. Like, can we put them together and have them start a band and go on tour? And every single member is uh, is the seed <laughs> from the seed of the Almonds. That's that's crazy. How are they pumping out so many fucking kids that are also good at instruments? What? That that doesn't happen very often. I mean, it does, but like, not not really. But then, in a way, it's like maybe one kid, you know, might go on to do his own thing or, or follow in his father's footsteps or whatever, or his mom's footsteps. But for like so many of the kids when like they, they've covered all the instruments and could actually form a band, yo, this is like... This is probably never going to happen again. We need these kids to get together. And by kids, I mean 50-year-olds. <laughs> we need to get them together and have them do a tour. Am I right? What? The Allman Offspring Band? I thought, I think it's fascinating. 
So I'm going to like, I, I do want to see Dwayne. I've seen videos of Dwayne. Of course, I, uh, I jumped all over that when I found out he was a person and, and I wasn't aware and it, he looks like Dickie Betts and he plays and has got the licks of Dickie, dude. He's got Dickie licks. He fucking sounds like his dad. He, I could hear like, it's almost like I can almost see his dad sitting next to him, teaching him the licks. It's like, and this is another classic Dickie lick right here. And he's like, all right, it's just, it's, it sounds very almond. And I really think that I think Dwayne Betts and Derek at this point, Derek, uh, Derek trucks have played together at this point. I'm pretty sure. But now that Dwayne has been putting in more time, Dwayne trucks has been playing with a lot of people lately. He's been getting up there a lot more played with Umphreys recently too, filling in for their drummer. Dude. I mean, we're prime right now for these almonds to just freaking converge like transformers, dude, like the fucking Voltron and just be like an epic jam band story. But anyway, that's my Almond Brothers rant. Let's keep the show moving. Our first Oh god. What happened to the lights? Oh my god. Uh okay, everyone just be be calm. Oh, all right, our power just went out. Is the podcast on? Is the podcast on? You guys hear something? I'm sure the lights are going to come on any second. Face. Who's, who's touching me? Are you above the Dave? Are you touching me? Above the Dave? Are you behind me? Uh, no, I'm in my desk. Oh my god. What? Guys, everyone sit down. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Yo, what the fuck? Oh, sh Vinny? 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 Liz? Oh, my God. <laughs> Sally? Oh, my God. Shit. <laughs> Oh my god. Guys? Is anyone out there? What is happening? Guys, what is that sound? It's fucking awful. What is what is going on? Guys? Oh my god. <laughs> All right, and we're back. So, our first guest today, we love having him on the podcast. Two of the members of the Grateful Dead are here with us today, and they want to talk to us about being an organ donor. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Phil Lesh and Donna Jean Gashow. Hey, Above the Day! Hey, Donna Jean, good to see you. Well, hello, Above the Dave. How are you today? I'm great, Phil. How are you doing? Every day's a gift, and I'm lucky to be alive. It's a good thing to remember. And sometimes people forget that. It's true, I sometimes forget that. And I do too. But then I remember that life is a gift, and it can be taken from you. 
And so I appreciate every day that I am alive on God's green earth. I love that, man. That's a really good outlook. Me too. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and I know that you wanted to come on the podcast, as you like to do from time to time, to remind people that they themselves should become organ donors if they are already not. That's absolutely correct, above the Dave. And, you know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And it's a time to give thanks. I like to thank my man Cody, who gave me my liver. I thank him every day. And I think it's a good time of the year for us to reflect and what can we do to make the world just a little brighter. And so today I would like to give... Once again, another Phil Lesh donor rap for all of your podcast fans. Great, yay, great, Phil. Yeah, that's great. That's what we were hoping for. And I'll be laying down the beats. That's what I figured. Yeah, DJ Gosho, sickest beatboxer in the game. Oh, you rich? I don't have above the dive. No, yeah, you're sick. Yeah, you're definitely respect. All right, so you want to do this donor rap, guys? Yes, I do. All right, Donna Jean, you feeling good? Oh, yeah. Okay, DJ Gosho, hit it. DJ Gosho. She's so fresh and so clean. It's Donna Jean. Mm-mm. Oh, mm, 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 mm. that's right. Mm, mm. Oh, feels mm, bad, bitch. Well, it's mm. me, P-H-I to mm. the L. Hoping mm. you and yours are doing well. When I'm not mm. on the road, slapping big brown. Mm. I'm advocating for people to say I'm down. So next time you're at the DMV and they ask, Are you an organ donor, my G? Because you get what you need and you have what you got. So leave an organ for me, ready kilowatt. Because I couldn't have made this long, strange trip alone. Feels like a stranger's up in the fill zone. Because I was born Philip Chapman Lesh. But I lived a rock star life and my liver was a mess. So enter Cody with a liver. Barely used, and that liver keeps me playing new potato caboose. See, I'm the man behind songs like Truckin', and they stuffed a liver inside me like I was turduckin'. So become a donor when you're dead, it's just the same. But what's more dead than me playing Unbroken Chain? See, Cody showed me what real kindness can be. Because even when I had chronic hepatitis C, see, it's just the principle. Beat cancer in my bladder and my prostate, I'm basically invincible. I won't stop playing until I drop, and even then, the music never stops. Become an organ donor, bitch. Don't take my I work for it. Let my homie body is Yahoo. Yahoo for coming into the studio. Holy shit, dude. Thank you very much for having us on the podcast above the day. Yeah, 
yes, thank you. It was always so much fun. Always a pleasure having you guys, and we'll see you next season. Alright. Fare thee well, above the Dave. Yes, good seeing you both. Thank you for coming on. Phil Lesh, Donna Jean Goshow, and Modest Yahoo, everybody. This next guest is not only one of the best guitar players in the game, but he's also one of my nearest and dearest, best, best friends. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for John Mayer. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Johnny, what's up? Hey, what's up, bud? What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, I was texting you, but I didn't, didn't hear back, so I wasn't sure if you were going to make it. Oh, you did? You were texting me? Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't get those texts? I don't really use my phone really too much. I don't really look at, like, my phone. So, you don't look at your phone? Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just doing a lot of stuff right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I can, I can go couple hours without you looking at my phone so i totally get it but yeah no it's, oh, it's good i'm glad you're here i'm still glad you came out of course yeah 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 i had an appointment my manager reminded me so happy to be here oh good good yeah no we're, we're so happy to, to have you here too and uh yeah before you go i'll just uh check that you have the right number for me because i don't know if, if i'm in your phone or not but uh yeah we'll, we'll get to that we'll get to that um so yeah um so how, how are how are things for you right now john yeah things are great right now uh doing a solo tour Selling out all over, traveling all over the country, having great, great shows right now. Just yeah, really good stuff. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. I did see a clip of you playing a Grateful Dead song or two, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, mostly my own stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you did a show with Ed Sheeran at the Wiltern. That was right where I lived in L.A. Oh, cool, man. Cool. Are Deadheads reaching out at all to you? You know, it's funny you say that about the Dave, because, you know, when I started playing with the Dead & Company, everybody was looking at me like, what are you doing up there? You know, and I put a lot of heart and soul into this music, man, and, you know, I worked really hard and, over the years and, and really focused on on the tones of Jerry and the stylings of Jerry and just to, the, it, how he played guitar. He did some remarkable stuff. And I, and I, and I studied it so hard and performed it and practiced it day and night for years. And I got to a point where I got, you know, a pretty good grip on it. I, I still don't think I'm great, but I think it's a, a pretty good grip on it. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like you, you fucking are knocking it out the park, bro. Out of control this last tour, especially. You know the band isn't touring, and we stopped, and and I'm getting these nonstop DMs in my Instagram constantly from Deadheads, just one after another, saying, "Man, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. Get back on the road. Play more Dead music. Get out there. Get a start a super group." I'm like, "Man, man, you guys really turned around on me. You know now, now everybody wants a piece of Johnny Boy. Everybody, everybody's hitting me up." trying to get us to start the next dead project and the next like man we're just gonna do this for 30 years 40 years yeah just john mayer playing the grateful dead no i, I mean I, I have my stuff too I, I play my songs you know it doesn't always have to be playing the grateful dead music but everybody's hitting me up like man come on just play dead music for the rest of your life just we need you we need you man it's like I got the whole community on my shoulders right now, and everybody's saying that if I don't keep playing the music of the Grateful Dead, then, you know, f fuck them. But if I keep playing the, the music and I keep touring season after season, playing this music, that you know, these people can continue living their lives and touring with me. And and it just, you know, I feel an immense pressure right now to, to go out there and, and play only Grateful Dead music. Yeah, you know, I... I'll be honest, man, I'm, I'm not in your DMs. Well, not for that, but I I do kind of get it, though. I, I, you know, now that you're not playing Grateful Dead music and so many people who do and so many of these bands that are in this jam band scene, you know, they're always moving on to the next project, whether it's a Dead-related one or not, but you're always in the... you're Once you're in the Dead, you know, universe, it's like Marvel, you know? you <laughs> Then now it's time to form and have different you know alliances and and different chapters to but this but the song book remains the same now you're doing your own thing and i think some deadheads are like oh wait 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 but you were so good at this now why don't you just do this forever so that we can 
uh, selfishly uh, have your talents within this universe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get that, and and, uh, and I love the and I'm so grateful for the for the love of the Deadheads and and the fans and you know I think we've done a lot to to show the youth about the music of the Grateful Dead and I do feel that I feel that pressure right now to to keep the music going. But I mean Bob's still playing. He's playing great and and uh, I mean I don't hear him because I have headphones on. But and Billy and the Kids is great. And Phil and Friends is great. And it's like, you know, those are the guys. You know, those are the, you follow those guys. And, you know, they'll keep playing music. To, you know, don't worry about me, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll play some from time to time, but I'm not like the guy. Yeah, well, not yet. But, man, give it another couple of years, Johnny. Everybody's going to be knocking, being like, dude, we need the Jerry. People are going to be constantly knocking on your door, being like, dude, we, we need you. Fans need you. The, the community needs you. We need the guy. We want to put together a super group. And it's you. You're the best Jerry, we got, man. But I just wanted to do the music justice, and now I feel like you know, I got the millions of people who are looking to me to, like, never stop playing. And it's just like, ah. It's like no one knows what I'm going through right now. Whoa! I know one guy who knows what you're going through. Hey, about the date. Hey, Johnny. Oh, man. This happens every time. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not even shocking anymore. Yeah, it's not. I, I totally anticipated this. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Garcia, live from heaven. Jerry, how are we doing? I'm doing really great. Really great up here. I was just hearing my man swole, Jerry, saying that he was going through a lot of pressure and feeling a lot of pressure from the deadheads to keep playing. Yeah, yeah, man, that's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you're Jerry, you're the only one that'll understand. Oh, well, yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I played so much just because I thought that if I didn't, that my fans would be disappointed and that my fans wouldn't have the love that I get to give them through our performances and our music. And it was honestly something I couldn't seem to walk away from. It was bigger than myself, and I couldn't even really enjoy it because I was always under pressure to create more and to perform more. And ultimately, I, you know, I just really struggled with it. There's a lot. There's a lot on your shoulders when you're, like, the guy. I'm sure there's a huge pressure. Like, for instance, right now, it's, like, the guys of Fish. The amount of people they employ from their their merch to now their full video team and their, their whole production staff. And, I mean, it goes on and on and on. It is a large company. And when you stop being consistent or semi-consistent at least in your performance and your innovation and re- album releases and archival releases and merch it's got to be exhausting to never be able to turn it off i mean how did how did you how did you do that jerry uh well uh, i did a lot of heroin oh yeah 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 that's right that's yeah right. yeah cocaine and booze and uh yeah, just kind of hid in my hotel room for most of the late 70s, 80s, sometimes 90s. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't recommend that. Johnny. Yeah, 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 no, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not probably going to do that. I'm trying to avoid the, the dying rock star trope, you know, it's, Jerry? It's not as cool as you think. By the way, speaking of cool, you got some nice tats. Well, thanks, thanks, Jerry. Appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know. Those are way cooler tattoos than I ever saw. You're just a really handsome guy, huh? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, sure. Oh, no, he is. Yeah, you know, he is, Jerry. Uh, yeah, really cool tats. Just a really cool dude, Jerry. Wish you guys could kick it. Oh, we will someday, but yeah. I mean, he's, he's basically like a better looking, better, more in, more in shape, cool tattoo having version of me. Ah, Jerry, I mean, come on. I mean, you're, you're, you're the goat, Jerry. I, I'm, I'm trying to do a tenth of what you're doing on stage, Jerry. Oh, I was doing a tenth every single night on stage. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, hold on. Oh, guys, I'm sorry. Yeah, my manager's hit me up. I got another interview. Oh, you do? Yeah, 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 I do. Unfortunately, I gotta go. I'm, I'm actually late. I gotta head out. Damn, Johnny, yeah, man. I guess you're, you have your phone on you, so I guess you're, you're looking at your phone, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep my phone on me. Well, yeah, I know. Just don't really respond to any of my texts. <laughs> just want to hang, dude. Just want to, you know, I'm, if you're around, dude, just hit me up. We can totally kick it sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, sure, sure. Just, just hit me up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've been doing. 
yeah, just just keep doing that. Eventually, I'll maybe be free. But you know, I'm doing a lot. Like I said, I got I got doing my own music right now, touring, and you know, I got all this other stuff going on right now. So I'm like sleeping with like three different celebrities. So you know, I just got a lot going on right now, hanging with Dave Chappelle, and so. I don't know if I'm going to make, you know, just hang out, hang out with like a normal person, like priority, but, um, you know, I'm probably instead just going to start another super group or something. So anyway, but I got to go Got him, got to call Jerry. Good to see you hear from me again. Great. Great seeing you as well, Jerry. Keep doing what you're doing. And Hey, don't listen to any of the deadheads. Don't worry about what the fans say. Be true to yourself. Make the music you want. Stepping away and showing that you have boundaries with the fans and that you are free to walk away and come back as you want may be the greatest gift you're giving yourself but you've done us a great service with your playing and interpretations of our music and I have to say you blew us all away down there and up here oh shit oh man that's that's fucking awesome Jerry thank you so much man I, re I really appreciate that yes but I'm also hoping you and O'Teal do form another band and tour for 20 to 30 years playing dead music that's just me though but me too God damn it. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm hearing. Well, my manager's calling, so I gotta go. All right, John. Well, good good seeing you, buddy. Friend, good seeing you then. I'll see you. I'll, we'll talk soon. All right. See you guys. Bye. 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 Jerry. Hey, Bubba Dave. So, Jerry, yeah, news to me. You were following some of Dead & Company's final tour? You know, at that final San Francisco show at the very end? Yeah. With the drones of the skeleton waving goodbye with the top hat? Oh, yeah. Man, I love that. You saw that? We could actually see that from heaven. Oh my god, no way. Oh yeah, that's really cool. I was bragging to my friends. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's cool, man. Yeah, I know. It's tough. It's tough being the guy, I think. I could see that being a lot of pressure for, for John Mayer. Yeah, I, you know, I was just saying that to my friend Mo. I feel like he's going to go through what I went through, and I just hope he does a better job than me. I'm um, sorry, your friend Mo? Who's Mo? Oh, oh, Mo, yeah. Uh, sorry, well, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh shit, Mozart, dude? You kick it with Mozart? Yeah, he's great. He's right here. He's just right next to me. What? You have Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart hanging right right by you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Mo. Mo, come here. Come here. I just want to introduce you to someone. Hello. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Holy shit, man. What? I can't believe this is happening right now. I can't believe a lot of things happen on this podcast, but this one's... Maybe taking the cake. Well, it is a pleasure to meet you. I hear wonderful things. Jerry here, he talks so much about the podcasts and all the things you used to do, all the people that she talks to. And so it's, it's very nice to meet you. So, you. so I'm sure, Mozart, you are aware that like all of your music lives on like well beyond 99.9% .9 of the people who lived when you were alive and, and the music lives on and continues to live on in car commercials and in movie soundtracks and and hold music so and also just uh, being performed by orchestras all over every single second probably there's a mozart song playing live somewhere oh yeah i'm very aware i'm very aware i'm very very happy about that i tell jerry you know i say his music is just as good as mine and i anticipate that the music of the grateful dead will the music will live on just as long as mine yeah he does say that but i don't know mozart i don't know that's that's i don't even think you can compare the two yeah it is definitely hard to compare mozart and grateful dead but you know i guess time will tell we won't i won't be alive for it but uh, hopefully I'm with you guys, kicking it. We can see if that works out. We're actually dropping an album pretty soon. You and Mo? Yes, we are dropping an album soon. Yeah, it's going to be Flizames above the Dave. Oh, sick, dude. I can only imagine. And then we're after we release the album, we're going to be doing a 3,058-star tour. 3,058 different dates? 3,058 different dates every date on a different star in the universe. Wow. Damn, that sounds absolutely exhausting. You don't get tired up here. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. You don't have, like, a physical body to worry about anymore, I guess. Nine. It's wonderful up here. I'm making so much music. Some with Jay, some with others. Damn, that's awesome. And then we're ending the tour with a 666-night residency in hell. Dude, what? Hell? Are you guys crazy? Like, you're going to perform in front of the devil? What are you guys talking about? Yes, yeah, we are. 
Yes, we are. Performing for this, the devil himself. But you know about the Dave. He is not like the devil that you know from your man-made stories. No, 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 no. Hell is just a place without the God. Yeah, but the Dave, there's no flames or anything crazy like that. It's just a place where all the people who don't believe in God go to. But they do whatever they want. It's just all it's just the same. Oh, really? So it's not like they're just like burning in a in hell forever, like and just on fire, running around or something like that, like living in fiery caves, being poked in spears or whatever. No, that's all just a bunch of man-made crap. I mean, most religion is, but really, we are here in, in the universe. Hell is just one place in the universe, just for the atheists. Oh, okay. And some Republicans. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Got it. Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when Johnny Cash performed in Folsom Prison. It's kind of like that. Oh, cool, cool, cool. It's kind of like performing from the Bat Boys. Exactly. Yes. Oh, Mo, we gotta go. We have lunch with John. You, uh, you have lunch with who? Uh, John. John Lennon. Yeah, we have to meet him right now. But it was really nice speaking with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank Of course. Uh, Mo, pleasure to meet you as well. The pleasure was all mine about the dev. Man, awesome. So cool. Jerry, great hearing from you. Uh, enjoy your lunch with John Lennon. All right. See everybody in a sunshine daydream. All right, everybody. Give it up for John Mayer, Jerry Garcia, and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. All right, and that's going to do it for today's episode of the Lot Scene Podcast. I want to thank all of my guests. The big black furry creature from Mars, Phil Lesh, Donna Jean Gashow, Modest Yahoo, John Mayer, Jerry Garcia, and Mozart. Next week, I want to talk about some differences about how we listen to music these days versus how I used to listen to music. And also talk about some new music that's out there and some new ways of consuming music that is fun. After that, we're going to get a visit from Fred, the narcoleptic cokehead. We're gonna, and we're going to bring up topics that you often hear cokeheads rambling about, and we're going to let him go off. And finally, next week, we have a great guest. Super excited to have him finally showing up here in the podcast, and he's got some real nice surprises for us. We have Peter Shapiro, promoter and venue owner. And yeah, we're so excited to talk with him about some of his plans for the future. So thank you for tuning in. If you are enjoying this podcast, please, it would make me super thrilled if you could leave a five-star rating, and even better, if you could do a review. It would be so awesome of you. So if you're awesome, please do that, because that would be great. But I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week, and I'll see you next week on another episode of The Lots